Hi, thanks for joining us for another edition of Chronic Conversations. As always, I am your host, Jerry Leonard, a.k.a. Jerry Anderson, a.k.a. Hey, bald dude. Um, I'm here tonight with my beautiful wife and co-host, Jen. Say hello, Jen. What's up? She made us some little snack eggs. I wish I could share one with you, Bridget, but yeah. I'll, I'll give it a taste test here in a minute, uh, live and in person, and that way you can't, uh, I can't fake my expression to, to how it is. Yeah, I don't get the roll, though, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, let me give a shout-out to Thompson's Personal Training and Sean Thompson, um, a good friend of mine, does really good personal training. Uh, he's certified in several areas, including boxing, nutrition, um, he has been taking other martial arts, so he's really good with a, a full load of activities and meal plans for you if you need to lose weight, lose cholesterol, uh, just get in shape, be healthier with all that stuff out there. Um, also, to Not Bad Creations, as we've talked about, whether you have motorcycle uh, get-back needs or S&M needs or whatever you need paracord for, they are who you need to be getting in contact with, Not Bad Creations, uh, on Facebook, and you can check out the links through mine. And now let me uh, introduce our guest. We have had her once before uh, on the audio version, and now we have the video. So uh, she's got to still stare at my ugly face, even though she doesn't have to, to come in here. She is a comedian and now uh, internet entrepreneur. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I, um, I don't really quantify myself as a comedian anymore because I've had to stop performing. Right. Um, well, I didn't have to stop performing. I chose to stop. You didn't say that. You just <laughs> I did, but before I didn't introduce her. Yeah, I know. I know. She was telling me I didn't say your name. I said I said it a minute ago, so I oh. didn't. <laughs> yeah, this is Bridget Martin. Improv. That much better. There, there I you go. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's why she's here to keep me, uh, keep me in line. Uh, let me just say first of all, thank you for coming on that original show. Let me give people a little background of how that went. So, I had I don't know between 10 and maybe 15 episodes at that time, you know, average listener of like 10 people, uh, got in touch with you out of the blue said, Hey, could you come do my podcast? And you said, sure. Came on over. What people don't know is I didn't get the message you sent to say you were here and we keep a Michael Myers sticker on our house. So here is this wonderful woman who drove to a stranger's house with Michael Myers on the thing and left me a message that says, if you're the place with Michael Myers, I'm here. So not only did she see that in state, basic white girl stuff, horror movie 101, <laughs> you probably shouldn't have done that, Bridget. So don't do it again. Just just in my case, but she stayed and we had an amazing time. Um, she is an amazing comedian. I still won't say was because to me, you're a comedian. You're, I'll always see you as that. Um, hilarious uh, uh, and, and overall greatness. So, yeah, thanks so much for for coming that first time and doing that. And it's great Absolutely. to have you back again. Yeah, it's not the first time I've been to a stranger's house. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've actually done um, comedy shows at strangers' houses. So <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I will go well, anywhere. I guess, <laughs> I guess if you'll accept an invite to somebody's basement to do that, this was like nothing then. Oh, yeah. I'm like, uh, what, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but since, uh, since the last time I was on my, um, my world's been turned upside down. Um, I've stopped performing because I can't really travel anymore due to, um, some health issues. Um, so I've, um, changed, uh, my, my career path, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. um, and started doing some, um, well, I started, uh, just doing some like virtual assistant work kind of, you know. Hey, right. do you need me to do some data entry for you or whatever? Um, just kind of helping people here and there. Uh, 
But I also continued to book comedy shows for my tour partner, um, Hillary Begley, who is on the uh, Netflix original Dumplin'. From the Feral Hogs. Yes. Tour, which also happened since we've talked last. So mm-hmm. let, let's go back in time uh, uh, to that period. At this time, did you know at all or were you having signs or symptoms of some of your problems yet? Or I, I was, but I didn't know what was happening. I had been right. to the doctor a few times and the only thing they could recommend at the time was um, very expensive tests. <laughs> uh, and even with my insurance, it was um, very expensive. And um, I was just like, nah, I'm not going to spend the money on that. So I just ignored it. And uh, it got worse <laughs> until they put me on the hospital. And then I found out I have uh, liver disease, um, probably from drinking, but they can't say for sure. But if you right. drink, then they just say, yeah, it's from drinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Sort of like um, how everybody dies of coronavirus. It's like somebody got exactly. thrown through the windshield the other day and it's like, but they had a uh, coronavirus from the hospital and that's what led to the deaths. Like did exactly. it or did flying through the windshield? I'm not sure. Right. Maybe. Yeah. So that's kind of the same thing. And, um, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I, I abused my body on the road. <laughs> um, I, I've living for the moment. Yep. I yeah. drank a lot, so I can't, I can only blame myself. <laughs> um, but it, it really, uh, it changed a lot of things for me because my, my liver is, uh, failing, uh, or was at the time it's kind of, it's baseline now it's, it's doing the bare minimum. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it really uh, it, it changed things for me because I have been on the road with Hillary Begley and we mm-hmm. went all over the place. We uh, so went, amazing. Yeah, it, it our longest tour was um, forty nights. Wow! And we started in Anniston, Alabama. Lucky <laughs> <And laughs> <What are> you. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all my fans in Anniston. Yeah. Uh-huh. Both of y'all. I don't know if they know how to use a computer. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we went all the way to Honolulu, Hawaii, and and then all the way back. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then we went on another tour in September. We went um, up to New York for a comedy festival, and neither one of us had performed in New York City before. So for a comedian, that's kind of a, a big deal. <laughs> to how perform. do you prepare for a tour like that versus like, say you have a show at Comedy Catch because it seems like the crowds are so different and diverse, like from Honolulu to New York. Is is there, is it just something you play by ear at the crowd time or? or yeah, I mean, and it's for- like that no matter where you go, um, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you want to read the room is what comedians say. So you got to right. have to like, I mean, but my material is what it is. Um, right. you know, and honestly, that's something that we talked about. We were worried because we we're like, uh, the three of us had spent so much time performing in the Southeast because um, okay. we had taken another comedian with us, Andrew Ferrara um, from Pennsylvania. Hilarious as well. I've seen some of his yes. stuff. He's so funny. And um, we were worried because we're just like, we perform in the Southeast. That's what we know. Right. Um, I mean, funny's funny. So it, it translated very well. Um, and I'm not going to say every night was super great because we definitely had some nights that were stinkers. But I mean, that happens regardless. I mean, not every not every probably learning experience, right? Though Absolutely. It's- oh, the whole thing was. Yeah. But every time you bomb on stage is a learning experience. But the whole tour was um, a huge learning experience. And uh, it was very fun. It was very fun. Very stressful <laughs> <laughs> to be away from home for that long. Um 
Is that the first time you've been away that long? Yes, that was the longest. Before that, it had been uh, two weeks. So, yeah, yeah, we went from 14. adjustment. Yeah, like 14 days to 40. And um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, your job is the comedy on the road. That's it. That's all. That's how we made our money. So, yeah, it was a it was a time. (laughs) Yeah. Can, I can imagine the 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 kind of road stories and stuff because one of the the most fun things about pro wrestling is is road trips and and the kind of things that happen both you know on the road and, and backstage. <laughs> is there any good stories you have that oh. uh, you can tell us without uh, that, that you didn't sign an NDA to not? Oh yeah. Any? Well, I mean, <laughs> it uh, it started off in Alabama, so we went from Anniston, Alabama, to Florence. Alabama. And then after Florence, we were going to be in uh, Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which was eight hours away. So we started performing in Florence. And while I was on stage, uh, the owner is in the back just waving his hands. And so I'm like, oh, something's happening. So I got off the stage and then the host went up and said, "Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to stop the show because it had started snowing outside. And (laughs) Uh, that the, the roads were going to ice and they just felt like it was safer to just go ahead and stop the show. I mean, there was like maybe 45 minutes left <laughs> and they're like, we're just going to go ahead and stop and uh, everybody go home, be safe. And so we were like, Oh, okay. So we head back to our hotel and the plan was that we were going to leave in the morning, go to Eureka Springs and continue on. Um, but when I looked at the weather, uh, it was right when that big snowstorm was coming through, um, oh, the one that wow, messed yeah. up Texas. Texas, yeah. Yeah. So that was starting. Um, <laughs> and so we looked at the map, the radar, and if we had left in the morning, we would have been driving in the snow all day long. Oh, my God. So I said, uh, if we leave right now, and this was like 11 o'clock at night. I'm like, if we leave right now, uh, we may only end up having to drive in the snow for like two hours <coughs> So versus eight. So we're like, uh, okay, we're going to do that. Um, and we got on the road and we started. And it started snowing earlier than that. Uh, we were in the Ozark Mountains. And it was covered. Uh, could not see the road. It was covered. And we're just going slowly up the mountain into Eureka Springs. And um, all of a sudden, (laughs) Andrew's car starts sliding to the right. uh, And (laughs) I was like, oh, no, here we go. Because there's no guardrail on the mountain. It's just a mountain. (laughs) And so we start sliding. And he's trying to correct and keep us on the road. uh, And then we hit like it was like a road sign that ended up popping the car back up onto the road because otherwise we would have fallen off the mountain. (laughs) Don't judge me for laughing at this so harshly. Um, People need to understand that she's obviously on the show, so they made it. So everybody calm down. Oh yeah, we lived. Um, (laughs) It was terrifying. So we get out of the car because he ran over this road sign and his bumper had come off. So we, But it was like hanging on. So we ripped his bumper off and just left it on the side of the mountain and then get to our destination. When we get to our destination, um, we can't really see the damage of the car because the snow is so thick. Uh, So we just park and we do our show that night, which was actually at the place that we were staying. So that was awesome. Um, but the next day we were able to take a look at some of the damage and his, uh, there was a flat tire 
um, that was completely screwed up. Like there was no chance in hell that we were driving anywhere on that thing. So we had to find somebody to bring a tire to change it out. Um, so we couldn't go anywhere. So thankfully the place that we stayed, uh, it was the Wanderoo Lodge in Eureka Springs. Absolutely gorgeous. Great people. They let us stay another night, didn't oh, charge nice. us. Nice. And uh, we made friends with the staff and they play in a band. They do like, um, how do you describe it? When you do like uh, banjos and washboards and the stand-up like bass, you know, like hillbilly. Like a uh, yeah, I'm trying. There's a square dance. Mm, it's escaping my mind right now, but family reunion. Kind of, yeah. But like, if you were to, you know, be in the middle of the woods <laughs> or a family reunion, it would be that kind of music. So Ricky they took us back uncle to and sister brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there may have been some of that happening. I don't know. <laughs> but they were super sweet people. They took us uh -huh. back uh, to their house. We got in their van, um, and since they're musicians, they have this van where there's no seats in the back. It's just an empty van where they put all their equipment. So we're just sitting in the back of this van, letting these strange people drive us through the snow to their house. And then so we don't know how to get Bridget Martin into a van. Yeah, exactly. You just have to ask. <laughs> have to ask. <laughs> no so, special requirements. Just, Hey, you want to get in? Of course. Why would yeah. I not? Uh, so we get all the way to their house and they end up like one guy pulls out a stand up, a stand up bass. The other one's got a fiddle and they're just playing and we're just, you know, enjoying. And then some guy yeah. comes in and his name yeah. is pickles and pickles ended up giving us um, drugs <laughs> uh, of some of which was acid and he oh. gave it to us, but it was like wrapped up in paper and he's like for your travels. So Hillary took that and had it in her purse. Um, we didn't find that until we got back from tour because we completely forgot about it. <laughs> what is this? So that was like, that was in the first like few days of the tour. <laughs> so that really set the tone, huh? Yeah. So then from Arkansas, we were heading to our next shows were in Texas. We had five shows in Texas, but two of them had already been canceled because of the weather. And when we left Eureka Springs, we start driving to Texas and then we're finding out more of the shows have been canceled. Uh -huh. Then we're driving in Texas and the roads are just fucked. Um, there's people like sliding off the road. There's people like trucks just lining the interstate cause they're not going anywhere. Um, you can't see the road. You couldn't see the lanes, but there's like trucks that are just flying down the interstate too. Oh, and we're just yeah. like, ah, and then they're like, at one point somebody came up real fast behind us and we were worried that we were going to get rear ended, but then finally they slowed down. Um, but we're, so we're in Texas um, all of the hotels are full because everybody, nobody has power. So they're all right. going to hotels. Um, pe people's houses are flooding because pipes are bursting. I mean, it was pandemonium. Madness. Um, gas stations were running out of gas. Uh, grocery stores. <laughs> yeah. Like grocery stores were, um, rationing groceries. It was terrifying. So we're driving, trying to find a place to stay. And, um, we were on our way to going towards where our uh, last remaining gig was supposed to be uh, because we had a, f a friend who was nearby in the area that mm -hmm. was going to provide us with a place to stay. They had food and they were like, yeah, as long as you can get here, we'll take care of you. 
Right. Uh, as we're there, the show that was in the area canceled. <laughs> but I'm like, you know oh, what? No. We're already like, we were like maybe an hour from where we needed to be. And we're like, well, we might as well just keep going because we just need to get off the road. We've been driving for 18 hours at that point. Well, we, Andrew Ferrara, have been driving for 18 hours <laughs> at that point um, in the snow. Like, it was, oh, my God, it was awful. It was so scary. And we finally get to switch on to another interstate. We had to get off of an exit. And as we're coming up to the exit, more and more trucks are pulled off to the side. And we're getting closer, and we see uh, police lights everywhere. <laughs> And there's an SUV, a police SUV blocking the exit and everybody's just turning around, um, going the other way. So we roll down our window and we're like, hey, we're trying to go to San Antonio. We need to get off this exit. And he's like, nah, it's closed. And we're like, well, where are we supposed to go? And he just said, go north. <laughs> north. <laughs> That's where we came from. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up turning around, heading back north, which getting through that was awful because, again, more trucks and people pulled off on the side of the road. It, it was just it, right. it, like the more we drove in Texas, the worse it was getting in terms of the, the interstates. So we ended up going back north and then just decided to head west since that's where we were going anyway. Our next show was going to be in Arizona. So I'm like, well, we might as well just start heading west and we'll keep looking for hotels on the way. We finally found one um, like way, way out west in Texas. Mm -hmm. And they had just gotten their power back like hours before we had called them. And we get there and we were so happy because there was a Domino's pizza in the parking lot. Yeah. But it was closed. <laughs> so the only thing that was open was the Sonic uh, that was within walking distance, but walking distance in the snow, which was terrible. Um, so I, both ways. This yeah. sounds really familiar all yeah. of a sudden. <laughs> uh, I walked down to Sonic and spent $50 on food at Sonic for all of us because we were really like, we don't know if we're going to get to eat again, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> so we did that. And then... We ended up staying there for a couple of days while things thawed out. Um, and then we ended up finally getting back on the road and headed into Tucson, Arizona, where the adventure continued. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> so that's we like get, home. I love it. I'd never been um, the farthest west I had been up until this point was Memphis. No, well, I can't say that. I'm sorry. I've been to Oregon. I've been to Portland mm -hmm. and Seattle. But I mean, as far as like, uh, you know, driving and stuff like that. Memphis. Um, yes. So it was great because like I had never seen tumbleweeds and right. uh, it, cacti just everywhere. Like the, the ones that look like, you know, with their arms in the air. And it's Agora. Yes. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. Um, we get there. We stay at a Motel 6, which, you know, we were broke. Well, we had five, shows. five of our <laughs> shows got canceled. <laughs> so we were broke. All the money we had made so far spent because. Right survive yeah like and so we weren't pulling in any money so we're staying at this motel six all of our clothes are just so dirty covered in snow and salt and right. stink and everything so i'm like all right there is a um a self-serve washer here i'm just gonna go ahead and wash our clothes and there's all these biker dudes hanging outside the hotel room right next to us and i'm like having to walk by them uh, um, multiple times, and I'm like, oh, this is weird. But they were friendly. They were friendly. So I invite First place them out. I saw Hell's Angels was out that way. So yeah, you never know so what that's you're who it ended up being was the Hell's yeah. Angels. Mm -hmm. They're in that and area. They were so nice. Um, yeah. 
so I was talking to them and so I invited them out to the show mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, well, we're going to be partying here. But when you guys get back, we'll, we'll all get together. So we're like, all right. So we go out, we do our show. Hillary decides that she is going to uh, pregame <laughs> and enjoys herself uh, thoroughly <laughs> in <laughs> Tucson at the show. Uh, we get back to the hotel. There is not one person outside that hotel room. And we're just like, what happened? Like, it's quiet. Lights are off. There's nothing. But all the bikes are out there. And we're just like, okay. So we go into our hotel room and we um, we're outside, like having a cigarette or something. And we see these two girls, young, young girls who were staying at the hotel as well. And so they were walking to go get like white claws or something. So Hillary's like, bring me back some white claws. They brought her back white claws. So we invite them in and we're in the room and we're talking to these girls who live in Tucson, but just rented the motel six to hang out for the night with each other. I mean, I wasn't getting lesbo vibes or anything. Right. Um, I think it's just, there's, there was nothing else to do. I don't know. It was very strange to me that they live there and they were renting this room, whatever. So we're hanging out with them. Hillary's telling her stories and Hillary is a storyteller. That's what she does. Hillary is also very loud. Um, (laughs) So loud. And so as she gets more excited, she gets louder and she's also drunk. So drunk, loud, excited, telling these stories. And then we hear a knock on the door and we're like, Oh, people like that are really, really cool though. Yeah. Oh, she's so cool. She's the coolest person I know. (laughs) Knock on the door. We answer the door and one of the bikers is standing there and Hillary's like, well, look who it is, you know? And he's like, hey, (laughs) he's like, your stories sound so funny. He's like, your stories are hilarious. They're great. We're glad that you guys are having a great time, but I've got Hell's Angels sleeping in the room next to me. Um, So I need you to keep it down. And it was like (laughs) two o'clock in the morning. So, Mm -hmm. you know, get it. Um, and so she's like, well, what, you know, what are you going to do if I don't? And I'm just like, no, no. What are you, are no. you serious right now? <laughs> like, what, hell <coughs> and you're just going to buck up and start. Challenge them, huh? And I'm like, no. I'm, so I'm trying to like calm her down, but she's, you know, she's all right. excited. So then she's she feral. Like, yeah. What are you going to do? She goes outside and decides she's going to talk to this guy because uh, he's posted up outside now uh, watching the bikes. So they have like a rotation of somebody who stays out there, watches the bikes for a right. few hours, then they get to sleep and the next person comes out. So he's out there just watching the bikes, just trying to do his job for the hell. <laughs> and right. Hillary is just won't leave him alone. So she starts to settle down and we decide, okay, I'm like, all right, I got to put you down. It's time to go to bed. So I tell the girls, <laughs> I tell the girls, I'm like, we got to go to bed. Next trip, bring a stun gun. It'll help. Expedite, you know, yeah. Oh my gosh, because she, she, now you know, she's hard to put down sometimes. <laughs> uh, so we walk the girls oh. back to their room, and as we're walking them back to the room, we see <coughs> more motorcycle guys on the other side of the hotel. Mm-hmm. So Hillary starts yelling at these guys, and they walk over, and there's like six of them. But they were not the same. Like, I was getting weird vibes from these dudes. I'm like, these guys are scary. Like, the Hells Angels, not scary. These guys, 
scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, you get like in, you could see it in the eyes, you know what I mean? Right. And, the intensity, I, yeah. and one of them was just so like talking to her in her face, like not being aggressive or anything. It was more aggressive flirtation. So right. we're trying to like get her away from them. And she's like, oh, your boy's over there telling us we got to be quiet. They're telling us we can't party. And he's like, oh, you can come party with us. And I'm like, yeah, I think <laughs> we're going to come party with you. So we're trying to get her away, finally get her away. And um, the girls, we tell them, we're like, hey, be careful. There's these like crazy biker guys out, out here. And they're like, yeah, we've been trying to tell you that. <laughs> Jeez. Because <laughs> they knew because they lived there. Right, right. And then we go back over to our room and talk to the Hell's Angel guy, telling him like, "Oh, your friends over there are having a ball. They're over there making all kinds of noise. What's up with you guys?" And then, and he's like, "They're not our friends." And we're like, "Oh." Right. And he's like, "By the way, I'll keep an eye on your car for you tonight." <laughs> so I was like, "What?" Thank you. Okay. Okay. So we end up going to bed. By the time we wake up to leave in the morning. Those guys are gone. Hell's Angels completely gone. Not a one of them. And, and we didn't even hear them leave. Wow. I was so surprised. Like that to me, it was probably like one of the most surprising things because anything I've ever heard about Hell's Angels just sounds scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Their name is Hell's Angels. The first place I saw them was at a Baskin Robbins in Tucson, Arizona. So... <laughs> It's not what you expect to see, you know, when you not walk in there, but you see the jackets and I was, it was, it's was surreal because you've only ever seen them on TV or yes. through many stories or, and you don't, I, you know, I don't know. You, they will turn around and shoot me just for the hell of it. You, you just right. really don't know because of the reputation and everything. But yeah, two of the nicest guys that just get so nice. ice cream like I was and hey, yep. how you doing? And the sweetest guys and they washed yeah. their car for us, made sure it didn't get stolen or anything. I mean, like, they were super nice. So, yeah. uh, Tucson Shout was out to awesome. the Hells Angels. Yeah, you guys are great. Thank you for watching our car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we just continued on from there. Um, and we ended up going to Hawaii. That was amazing because um, none of us had been to Hawaii. And uh, performing in Hawaii was just so cool because no snow. No snow. No, no. <laughs> it was gorgeous. It was February, so it was a little chilly. Um, mm -hmm. The water was, but it was so beautiful outside. It right. um, The colors of the water in Hawaii are just like what you see in the pictures. Um, and normally, like when I go to beaches and stuff, like I go down to, I'm from Florida. And when I see pictures of Florida beaches, I'm like, that is not what it looks like. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> right. That is edited, but yeah. in uh, in Honolulu, it was just like you would see on a postcard, like the color and everything. And I was just like, oh, it's so beautiful. And to perform out there was even more amazing because to get out to Hawaii is so expensive that going out there to perform and make a profit, you'd have to charge a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I'd have to charge, I don't know. I mean, at least at this point, you know, eight, $900 just for a flight. Right. But at the time, because of Corona, the flights, we got round trip flights uh, from LA to Honolulu round trip. And it was like two eighty. Wow. And I was like, we can't not 
you yeah, know? You yeah, because <laughs> so, you don't know when or if an opportunity like that would ever even come up again. Ever, so yeah. Like that, oh, huh? yeah. Uh, and so that was beyond amazing. We um, tried to perform in L.A., but because of Corona, uh, they, they were not. The further out west we went, the harder it was to book shows because right. they were not open yet. Yeah. And when we got to LA, we were staying at a hotel before our flight the next day. And the, the bellhop was like, Oh, you guys are from the East coast. He's like, y'all are crazy out there. He's like, y'all just don't care. <laughs> we're like, yeah. He's like, I haven't been to the gym in months. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh my God. I'm like, no, right, uh, we yeah, do no. not care. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was kind of weird to be um, out West where they were definitely uh LA, you know, California. A different perspective, right? It just, yeah, especially because culture. Yeah, uh, th there's that was a hot spot, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was weird to to be in a place where people were taking coronavirus seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> but we also had to get um, uh, tested before we went to Hawaii. We had to have a negative mm -hmm. test within 72 hours. So we couldn't just get the test whenever. We had to like plan oh, while yeah. we're on the road. Okay. Uh, while we're in Phoenix, we're going to go ahead and stop at CVS and get this rapid test um, and hope that it is negative, you know? Right. So like in addition to having a plan, getting the test, we had to be super careful on our way out that way at all of our shows because we could have contracted COVID anytime between then right. and the time, you know, so <laughs> that was stressful. So like when the testing um, emails started coming back to let us know if we were negative or not, they didn't mm -hmm. all come at the same time. So Hillary got hers first and she's like, oh, I'm negative. And I'm like, great. And then a couple minutes later, mine came and I'm like, oh, I'm negative too. And then we're looking at Andrew and he's like, <laughs> I haven't gotten an email yet. And I'm like, uh, well, his didn't come for an hour. So an hour later, we're just sitting there like, <laughs> and his was negative as well. <laughs> thank goodness because like we're just like uh what are we gonna like sorry we're just gonna leave you here because it's right yeah. <laughs> you'll see just have you to wait. yeah see ya <laughs> we'll let you hang out with those hell's angels help watch our car we'll be yeah, back exactly so that was um quite an experience and then on the way back home that was like <laughs> at that point we were just like we had been on the road so long we had already done hawaii and we're just like all right, now we got to go home. <laughs> right, yeah. So we did Vegas and Reno and um, that's cool. Denver and Omaha and Cincinnati and wow. Oh man, it was so much driving. <laughs> it was so much driving, and uh, I was just so ecstatic to finally get home. <laughs> I can imagine after that much time, as much fun and as adventure that it was, that mm -hmm. you were ready to be home and. Yeah, I mean, more like, more is more than living them at this point. Yeah, and like we were trapped in a car with each other for long time, a long time, like yeah, all day, you know. And it was everybody like made a, it back. Yeah, what people don't know is there was actually another comedian that didn't make it back, and we didn't <laughs> talk about them. <laughs> you know, it would have been nice to have another comedian in terms of like uh, the money part of it, like splitting the costs and stuff like that. Right. But they would not have been able to fit in the car. We had <laughs> a Toyota Corolla, or. Yeah, it was like a Toyota Corolla or something like that, four door, mm -hmm. tiny sedan, packed, and we so we had to pl we had to plan forty nights worth of outfits. 
obviously there was some repetition and stuff, but right. it, so it wasn't so much as like the amount of outfits. It was the weather that we were going to be coming across because it was cold in the East and hot in the West. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like we could just bring one style of clothing. We had to plan for a different climate. Um, yes. so, and that, so our car like in the South basically. Yes. And, but the thing is, is that Hillary and I specifically, um, we're not very good at packing. Mm-mm. We always bring way too much because I, I'm one of those people that like, I would rather have too much than not enough because if I get somewhere and I'm like, Ooh, I really wish I would have brought those shoes, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> so as much as we tried to cut down our, <laughs> our packing, we still didn't do a very good job. Not so much. <laughs> so that car was packed, but the weight of everything in the car and the weight of the three hogs in the car uh, probably saved our life in the mountains. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I didn't even think of that. That could have been like uh, it weighed us down. So <laughs> oh, it was wild. It was wild. By the time we got back, um, Andrew's car was just, I mean, it was dirty. The bumper was missing. Uh, the wheel well was all screwed up. Um, you know, and then we obviously we've been like not living in it, but like basically for 40 days. So uh, they (laughs) for on the road snacks had bought um, Andrew bought packets of tuna. Like the flavored tuna, like lemon pepper and Mm -hmm. and sriracha (sighs) in a car, in a car. They're eating tuna. And I'm just like, could you have picked anything worse? Yeah, there weren't many rules on road trips for pro wrestlers. And I'm not sure if that was officially one, but I don't think that would have went over too well. Somebody brought some tuna or boiled eggs or a few other items that we might just rather they leave at home. For sure, I feel bad if I get a bag bag of Funyuns, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad when I eat Funyuns in the car and there's other people. But there's it. And I also don't eat tuna fish. Like, yeah, I used to when I was little, but. I just don't anymore. So the whole time I'm just grossed out and it stinks. And I'm just like, no, and I'm in the back seat with everybody's stuff sitting on top of me. And I'm like, I did not find up for this. If they would have microwaved it in the motel room, you know? Oh, geez. (laughs) No. Well, the motel six didn't have a microwave. So (laughs) of course no. They didn't Uh, have heat. They just had a little area where you rub some sticks together. And (laughs) yes. Yeah. Uh, basically. I've been to some hotels like that on the road. It's it's amazing because you, you, you hit a hotel and you hit a really good one. You're like, oh, let's stay at this one again when we get there because it's a good one. But then you get to that other one mm-hmm. and it's Serial Killer Alley. That happened to us on the way back. We stayed at a familiar hotel chain and went in. And I mean, there were spider webs in the room and you can tell it hadn't been used. I don't know how long that, that it was a thousand degrees and, and the, the cooler wasn't on and barely worked. And it was just like a, something out of a horror movie. Oh, uh, we yeah. probably shouldn't have stayed. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we did. And it, it's, it's crazy that you, you got to be careful because it's not the same thing. No. Just it's not the same. I have stayed in um, like quality Inn. Mm-hmm. quality Inn is an okay hotel. It's nothing super great, but it's not nasty or anything like that. Right. Um, but I stayed in one recently that was very nice. And I was like, I don't, I did not expect this from a quality in, you know? Um, but then I stayed like when we were in Denver, we stayed at a Hilton property. And when I think Hilton, I think clean. Line, yeah. You know, like, yeah, like that's top of the line. So it was a Hilton property and it wasn't like a like Hilton 
uh, owned Days Inn or something like that. It was like a Hilton, um, like True by Hilton or something like that. Like it was like one of their nice properties. And it was, it was, the room itself wasn't dirty, but like the lobby was dirty. The, the elevator, there was like trash on the floor. Um, there was trash on the floor in the lobby and the trash cans were like overflowing. And I was just like, this is not Hilton, you know? Right. Yeah. And that, oh, nothing makes me more mad than when I spend that kind of money for that name and don't get the what quality. I that, yeah. Yeah. And hotel rooms now. I remember when you could get a hotel room for like 50 bucks. Yeah. Now that ho you don't want to stay in that room. No. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. That's what's, that's what's crazy. That's the hotel room we ended up staying in um, mm -hmm. <laughs> somewhere there. And, uh, but yeah, like hotels now it's like minimum hundred bucks. If you want to not die. Yeah. If you uh, want like a warm shower and yeah, but there, I mean, a black light with you. But there was like, uh, there were like motel six type places where it was a hundred dollars a night. And I'm like a hundred dollars to stay in a motel six. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, especially, yeah. you know, if you're late on the road, so you don't get into one or two o'clock, you got to check out by 11 anyway. It's like, yeah. I don't really want to pay a hundred dollars yes. for a four hour nap. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, got to mm. find a by the hour motel. Yeah. <laughs> That would be a, a bunch of stories as well. I'm yeah, sure we yeah, that could be some new stories. <laughs> I would. Uh, I'm sure we would see a lot of interesting things. <laughs> Trying to help you with your book. Yeah, I should write a book. You really uh, should. I could, if I could remember all the things that have happened to me since I've worked in comedy. I mean, I've, I've been in comedy, the industry itself, for almost 20 years. Not as a performer. I've only performed mm -hmm. for nine. Um, but the things that I have been privy to in the, the almost two decades is just, it's an interesting industry. Yeah. Entertainment and, in general. I, I've got yeah. know, entertainment in general. friends and, and, and it's, it's, I see a lot of the same um, tendencies yes. across the board when it comes to that backstage and. Oh yeah. Backstage. <laughs> and just the, the lifestyle that you live and the people that you come across. Nothing is ordinary. No, and nothing really prepares you for that part. You have no. this vision, you know, your dream of, of being a stand-up comic or pro wrestler or mm -hmm. guitar player for a band, and, and you, you kind of imagine what it's like to be on stage, and, and then, you know, you start to do stage stuff, and then you then you see the backstage world, and it's really a, a culture and a world unto itself. I mean... Yes. And it's so much fun. Yes. <laughs> so much fun. But it's... Um, it definitely... It takes a... It takes a different kind of person to be able to live that lifestyle. Right. Um, because even while I was uh, on that, that tour for 40 nights, I still was like, you know what? I can do Instacart because I, I would work for Instacart. I'm like, yeah, I could do Instacart while I'm in some city there. I did Instacart one day. It was uh -huh. in Reno and I didn't even really get to do that much because number one, I didn't know where I was. Like I, right. I don't know anything about Reno. Um, <laughs> And everything was just so far apart and everything. I was just like, this was just a waste of time. So like, I always had these grand expectations of things that I would be able to accomplish, even though we, I was not at home. And I, I mean, I don't even think now I, I still didn't, don't realize that I will never get those things accomplished. <laughs> you know, yeah. I would bring all this stuff with me, like, I'm going to do this. And then I'm like, I ain't got time. It's almost like a, a weekend getaway when Jen and I, we love to go to Gatlinburg and we'll get us a cabin for the weekend. And I'm like, I'm going to write my blog and I'm going to 
do mm-hmm. some booking for the show and we're going to do this. And it, it's really just uh, sitting around naked, eating donuts and drinking coffee for two or three hey, days. Man, that's a great vacation. You know? Yeah, it, it, it really, it really is. It's, but you, you, I see, you know, you, you have so much stuff and it's like you're visualizing. And I yes. see myself topping at the table with the aesthetics and everything. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I just, I never complete those tasks. And I mean, even when we went to New York, which was in September, mm-hmm. um, I had to really fight with myself to not bring my button maker um, because I always bring it on the road with me so I can make more buttons if I need, because that, that was my merch. I had buttons right. that I'd sell. So I'm, I bring my button maker. So if I ran out, uh, I could quickly punch yeah. out some more. But man, I never had time to do that. Never. Because like I, I take for granted, you know, being at home, you know, everything's the way it's supposed to be. Everything's where right. it's supposed to be. Or even if it's not where it's supposed to be, at least I know I have a pair of scissors in the house. You know, like I don't have to go looking for things no. or, you know, find a like I know where I'm going to get it printed. I know exactly mm-hmm. where the printer is, how long it takes me to get there, how long it's going to take me to get back. But on the road, like those things are all so all over the place. The small and details you just don't really think about. It's, it's, no. it's impossible to. And the button maker's not huge, but it did take up space, you right. know, and I had to really fight with myself. And it wasn't even me who said not to bring it at first. It was Hillary. She's like, you know that you were not going to use that. And I'm like, but I will. You know? But I might. <laughs> yes. And so yeah. I was like, okay, fine. But the whole time I thought to myself, I'm like, oh, I should have brought that button maker. But there was never a time where I was like, man, I could be making buttons right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's... um. It's a, it's a very different lifestyle, but, and it's so go, go, go. And right. it's unpredictable. Hurry up and wait, right? I mean, yeah, you hurry know, up you, and you wait. The town, you yes. wait to go, you, you know, it's, it's like pro wrestling. It's like, you know, sometimes a match will like last seven minutes. So sometimes you'll drive, you know, a thousand miles, several hours, stay at two hotels, all this stuff, all basically to come in there, walk to the ring for seven to 10 minutes and then walk back and then head to the next place. Exactly. Everything you else in between. That work. That's the part you don't think about. You only think about that seven minutes and how great yeah. that's going to be. And you're like, Oh, there's still like 23 hours and you know, f- 53 minutes left. What do I do with the rest of this time? How did yeah. you guys wind down after shows? Did you go out and get drinks, things like that? Did you um, talk in? Did you go straight to the hotel room yeah, and crash when you weren't hanging out with Hells Angels? <laughs> yeah, it depended on the night because there were definitely, you know, like if we had a great show and then we were hanging out with people like the audience after the show, like people will buy you drinks and right. you'll want to, you know, you sit around, you're hanging out with them and having a good time. And then you get back to the hotel and, and it's just kind of, um, you know, we would sit there and just kind of talk about the night and like, you know, right. things that we it, it was weird because like we would sit there and talk about our night, but it was each from a different perspective. Right. Like we all saw the same night, but mm-hmm. all three of us experienced it in a different way. So it was cool because we got to sit down at the end of the night and talk about our night. And we're yeah. like, oh, you know, like we had the same night, but we didn't mm-hmm. have the same night. Yeah. Um, but then there were nights where like we were just dog tired because we had been traveling so long. And right. that, I mean, it really is. It wears on your body to travel. Yeah. And, it does, and people don't realize just driving how exhausting it, that can be it's, it's it very can be, especially for long periods of time and mm-hmm. uh so a lot of times you know there were we would just be sleeping yeah. uh, we would just fall asleep um yeah. you know but yeah it was just it was a lot of uh just kind of 
going over the details of how we experienced what had happened the, the previous day. Um, but there were, you know, there was like one night where um, I, I gave an impromptu striptease in the, in the uh, hotel room to Hillary. Um, it was very aggressive uh, <laughs> and I didn't mean it to be, but I had um, imbibed that evening. So <laughs> we were in Vegas. So I was, I have a different, persona in Vegas, I learned. I, um, I have heard a little bit about this. Tell us about that. Uh, uh, what you can legally tell us about that the statute of limitations have already uh, ran out on anyway. So <laughs> Roxy is her name. And Roxy is a wild child. She was born for the streets of Las Vegas. <laughs> so Roxy is very, um, uh, she's uh, aggressively flirtatious. Mm -hmm. And um, she's just a, a very loud, boisterous personality. And um, Roxy likes to have a good time. And Roxy <laughs> will talk to anybody. Doesn't matter who it is. I remember um, standing outside of the hotel in Vegas. We're at the Tropicana. And there was some there was some weird energy in the group at the time. So. Andrew and I were downstairs. We're waiting on Hillary to come down. And while we're down there, this man walks up to me outside of the hotel and he's talking about gambling and he's talking about how he's the greatest poker player ever. And he just keeps talking to me about this and just keeps repeating himself over and over again. And I didn't realize it, but he was basically wanting me to give him money to go gamble. Ah, I'll make you some money. Yeah, but I was not picking up on that. I was right. just like, this dude is crazy. But I kept talking to him. And Andrew quickly realized that he was not right. Like right. this guy was crazy. So Andrew like removed himself from the conversation, but Roxy, Roxy was there to play. So Roxy just kept talking to this man. And by the time Hillary came down, I was like, Oh my man. I'm like, this is boss hog right here. And she was like, what did you just call me? <laughs> and from there, it just went downhill. It almost seems now this is just a theory. Maybe Roxy was a demon y'all picked up along the way because I feel like no. in the beginning that Hillary something was going on there oh. with the hackers and stuff and like it jumped like you seem to be the same one in that situation like maybe we should dial it back and in that situation so it's good there's at least a yin yang or, or something yeah going yeah we were never we were never um, both crazy at the same time that's yeah which is good for us because good logistics yeah we definitely like. When Hillary is is on that level, I have mm -hmm. to be the one to balance her out. Because right. if I'm not, if I am at the level that she's at, we would be in so much trouble. So much trouble. We would. I mean, there's. We may or may not be banned from one or two places. For banned such, from places. Such, yeah. We could have ended up happens. in jail. We could, you know, like. Um, we could have ended up being trafficked. I don't, you know, who right. knows? Um, because we're, you know, when both of us are at that level, that would be. I'm trying to think if there's ever been a time when both of us have been at that level. Do you think if somebody would had taken you both on that level in a van or to kidnap or something that like a week later they're bringing you back? And no, I, you know, now that I think about it, like, I don't think that we like, could have been kidnapped. Be reverse kidnapping. Wouldn't it be like, you yes, know, please, we kidnap we want to let you go. And it's like, no, you're not letting me go. It's like, no, please, seriously, please <laughs> let us let you go. We're yeah. Well, I, because I already get told um, <laughs> that I'm intimidating. Uh-huh. Um, just as I am, but as Roxy, I can't even imagine somebody trying to approach her 
and, well, and take take advantage of her. You know, right. like yeah. Roxy, Roxy don't do that. Roxy don't play that shit. <laughs> no, she don't. There's your next um, button, by the way. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but man, I do remember in Vegas, I remember Hillary being so upset. And it started when I introduced her as Boss Hog. She was like, what did you just call me? And I'm like, look, this is so-and-so right here. And she was just like, she immediately recognized that this man is crazy. And she's like, why are you talking to this man? And right. she's trying to make him go away. But she's, I mean, but she's being nice, but she's trying to make him understand, like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. At this point, he's trying to get us to take him up to our room. Cause she's like, I think I just want to stay in. I don't want to go out tonight. Right. I think, I think Roxy scared her because she was like, I can't be taking you out onto the streets of Vegas. You're too crazy right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, OK. Well, you know, so I'm like, all right, well, man, we're going back to our room. And he's like, I'll come with you. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, no. And then she's like, no, sir. Like, you're going to stay here. And she looks at me and she's like, why were you taught? Why? Why? <laughs> she's like, he was obviously on drugs. I said, we are on drugs. <laughs> and she's like, not that it's not the same. It it's is not the same. same. Not the same. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Cause I was like that in my mind, I'm like, well, I'm on drugs too. It's equal, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. So what, what are you talking about? She's like, no, like he's on drugs. Like what you don't know is right now he's somewhere telling the story like this. There was this really crazy lady, and I was trying to talk to her normally, but she wouldn't let me go. And every time I tried to leave, she was really aggressive and intimidating. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Vegas, like, I had never been to Vegas before either. So that was the other thing is, like, I was so – I was enchanted. Number one place I want to take Jen. So uh, bad. I was enchanted. Like, yeah. the lights and the activity. It lives up to the hype. Like, so many places don't. It To me, it did. Like, it lived just – just standing there at the MGM Grand looking up at it, it that was enough. It's like, impressive. I was like, oh my God. You know, like, like it's not for me, it wasn't like I we gambled a little bit, but I'm yeah. not a huge I'm not a huge gambler. I, I shouldn't say I'm I'm not a huge gambler because all the money I made in Las Vegas I spent at slot machines and I don't even know how those things work. <laughs> um MGM loves slots machines. I hate I can't, hate them. I hate them. But I played them. <laughs> um but we uh, we had a lot of fun in Vegas, and mm. I but I enjoyed it. Just I mean, it was just aesthetically. Yes, it, it is so fascinating so because surreal. there's it the different hotels like They're like cities. Each each yeah. hotel, people don't understand. It's not like literally not like a Motel Six. Like it's no. There's a hundred restaurants and and magic shows and and comedy shows and I mean malls. Some of them had malls inside. We were there for yeah. We were there for a UFC and that weekend, like Guns and Roses was going to be there. Black Sabbath was on their farewell mm -hmm. well for there. We went to see at the I think it's called the Call Theater at MGM Grand. Ca Joe Rogan and some and <laughs> was there. The Cacao, <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> Fascinating. It was yeah. I was just blown away. And yeah, um I, a piece of me it's was left done. in Vegas though. I'll say that. Um <laughs> so on on the trip. Like your I, and toes? What kind of story is this? Uh, I no, not like a physical piece of okay, me. Okay, okay. Um I we I had brought a cooler along on the road because I was like, oh, we'll fill it up with snacks and stuff so we don't you know 
which we never did. So we just had this cooler in the car taking up room. And you probably so could have held your button maker. I'm just saying. Well, hmm, my button maker was in the trunk. So the she Hillary was just like, we're leaving this cooler. She's like, we have not used it. It's taking up space. We're leaving it here. In addition to that, we left. Oh, my God. Um, probably like six or seven articles of clothing that belonged to me, um, but didn't fit me anymore. But I hadn't let them go yet because I still believed that I could wear these things, even though they looked ridiculous on me because they didn't fit anymore. Um, but in so the future, guess, maybe. Who knows? So somebody out there has Roxy in spirit. Wow. So um, you're welcome. Yeah. Get on uh, eBay as quick as you can. Yeah. So Roxy, uh, Roxy comes out every once in a while. She comes out every once in a while, but... Um, it's been a while since she has come out. I think she came out in New York or she started to come out in New York, but Hillary cut it. She was like, no, no, not I can't today. Do Roxy not today, today. Satan. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. <laughs> Get like, behind me, Bridget. <laughs> she said, I can't deal with Roxy today. Because <laughs> New York was another place that was just. Um, Seems like an appropriate place for Roxy, like Vegas, you know. Just Yeah, like just the the magnitude of those cities was so. And Los Angeles as well were just mm -hmm. so overwhelming for me. I was just taken. I was just so I I didn't even have to be there for comedy. It was just cool right. to be there to be there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, man, we had so much fun last year, um, but it did have to come to an end. It had to come to an end. While I was in uh, New York, I had a breakdown. I was not doing well mentally. I was not doing well physically, emotionally, or financially. Uh, so every part of my being was just crumpled. Right. Uh, I wasn't taking care of myself. Um, I I was admitted to the hospital last year in May, um, diagnosed with liver disease, and then I had to start taking medications to manage my body and to keep right. it from getting worse. So I can't get better, but I can get worse um, at this point. So if I don't take my medication, I will get worse. And part of being on the road is uh, that unpredictability. Right. Your schedule is never the same. Mm -hmm. From day to day, it was changing. So the time I would wake up or the time I would go to sleep, which at that point was kind of important. Um, yeah. Because I couldn't function <clears throat> properly if I wasn't sleeping regularly. Uh, I also was not taking my medication regularly. Or sometimes I just wouldn't take it at all. Because right. I would just feel like, oh, well, I forgot to take it in the morning. I'll just take it tonight. And then I wouldn't take it that night either. Right. And so I just, I was in New York and then crumpled down and... So I left my car there with Hillary and the other comic that we went with and I flew home because I just couldn't, I had to stop. Yeah. Um, and then I, I just, it was like, at that time I had realized like, this is not feasible for me. Right. I don't have the uh, willpower, I guess, or the discipline rather. I don't have the mm -hmm. discipline it takes to take care of myself with that lifestyle. Right. So I had to make the decision to like not. <laughs> and I could perform at home. 
I could perform in Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. But that's that was one that. of my questions is I didn't know if you had any plans to still perform from time to time locally or are, are you do, done, yeah. done now? Are you just I, if I wanted to, I could get on stage in Chattanooga mm-hmm. any anytime I wanted to. But that's not fulfilling for me. Got you. Um, it's I, like getting starving and somebody hands you a pepperoni like that's not going to do it. I need. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'd be thankful for it. Right. Right. But it would always make me want more. Right. And I feel like I developed the most in my career while I was on the road. My development didn't necessarily happen in Chattanooga. I mean, I developed in Chattanooga 100%. But well, I I said it too. I said it on another um, podcast when I was talking to Bryant one time. I felt like as this was happening, I felt like you, you were really starting to hit your peak. Is that the way you felt too? That maybe. Oh man. it like, Yes. Because Hillary and I uh, had the, the feral hogs tour right. and it was gaining traction. Like we had mm-hmm. um, played in two different comedy clubs last year, which was mm-hmm. awesome because that's the goal. We wanted to get into comedy clubs. Right. Um, and we were getting booked and I was filling up the calendar. Um, but uh, after my hospital stay, I was also, that was the worst because I was, I went into the hospital May 1st mm-hmm. and I ended up canceling my entire May, which I had just posted my schedule and it was ridiculous because I had booked so much. So I did all the work to book it and then I had to go back and cancel all of it. And I was just devastated. Right. Um, and then I decided, I was like, all right, well, our first uh, big club date was coming in Tampa in June. And I'm like, well, I'm doing that. <laughs> uh, so I did that. Right. Um, but then I, it was still, it was tiring. The travel was, it was so hard. Right. Um, and then the side effects of my medication and my, my liver disease mm-hmm. are, are just, they're unreal. It's crippling. Sometimes. So um, I had to cancel more dates because I could not physically do it. I couldn't. Uh, Or I could, but I would feel like I wouldn't be giving my best. Right. And that I wouldn't want to do that. So I had to cancel more dates. And so that was frustrating because it was like I was doing all this work and then I'd have to go undo it. And then. Also, like, I don't want to be that person that cancels. Right. No, nobody you know? does. Yeah. That's, but... Who wants to book that person? Right. So that was also frustrating because I was like, I'm, I've worked so hard to get to this point, And now I'm like undoing all that work. Right. Um, so it was really hard. It was really hard uh, to make that decision. But I had to for me, for my health. Yeah. So, but, um, I decided I would continue to book Hillary because I believe in her and I think that she will make it. So, uh, and she also has no, she is a true creative in a sense that that's her mind operates almost solely in the creative realm. Right. She doesn't have to the muse. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. she's not the person who's going to, reach out to all these bookers and research all this, you know, like, right. That's not her. No. Um, 
<clears throat> it's not her strong suit. It's like there's no. and people don't understand how much goes along with being in the entertainment. Oh, it's not God. as it's not as simple as calling somebody saying, "Hey, can I?" You know. Come yeah. in and tell jokes. It's the same thing with wrestling. It's just you got to get yourself booked, and yeah, there's there's so much logistics and everything well, else that go along with it. Surprisingly, like a lot of people don't even realize that you have to do the booking. Yeah, you know, they think it's all coming to you, and I'm right. like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, these fucking dogs. Stop it. Um, but yeah, it 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 uh, they think it just comes to you, and I'm like, uh. No. <laughs> New, no. so I decided that I would do that for Hillary because I believe in her and mm -hmm. I know um, I believe in her talent and I think that she offers something that people need. She has joy more and, more than ever right now, right? Because yeah, yeah, uh, because my what what I always liked about comedy is it's like to go to a comedy show is an hour and a half of escape yes you're not sitting there thinking about hopefully <laughs> you're not sitting there thinking about all the things that you have to do or all the things that you didn't do or right. or need to do or, or yeah like it should have done or yeah and you're not thinking about you know these weird conversations that you had with people that made you super anxious and you cringe every time you think it. you know what i mean like it's your yeah, brain you over in your mind and yeah it just it's a time for your brain to shut down and just enjoy being alive and it'll always hold a special place in my heart because it's one of the ways that i dealt with trauma growing up it's mm -hmm. one of the things that helped me push through you know there was music of course i was your basic teenager um there was pro wrestling um horror movies and then stand-up comedy like those yeah. those were my escapes and especially stand-up comedy um because i was so fascinated by that their whole thing was to make somebody laugh. I thought, what a great, you know, career that that that's what you do is make people yeah. laugh, and, and it, it's, yes. it's so healing when you laugh that it's it really is the best. Incredibly healing, and it's incredibly healing to make people laugh. Yes. Um, and I think you know, and I I think it's becoming more known now, uh, you know, with with media and stuff like that. But like comedians are not. They're not generally happy people. <laughs> like uh, we're we're a troubled kind. <laughs> yeah. And being able to make people laugh, even though you feel awful, <laughs> you share that energy with them. Mm -hmm. It's it's mm -hmm. it's almost like I call it. I I, I wrote a blog piece called uh, "Stand Up Comic: The Modern Day Shaman" because they really are kind of the healers of modern day. Yeah. Um, they're using mouth sounds to heal. Like it, it's always so fascinating language and, and, and how we use it and, and tone and, and just. Yes. And I studied linguistics in college. That was, I've always been fascinated by language. Stone, right? Yeah. So to be able to use words just to, to make people laugh and hopefully uh, make you think too. Yes. I like how comedy has the ability to break down that barrier that people build um, when they're discussing things that they have like a hard stance on. Right. I think uh, I, I think comedy breaks a lot of those barriers and it makes it easier and more palatable for people to accept a difference in opinion yeah. because of the way it's presented. Way so, delivered, yeah. 
you know, if you, uh, you know, there, there's comics that are just going to make you laugh and that's great, you know, but there are comics that are going to make you laugh, but also think uh, about things in a different way. And those people are awesome too. Those people really are awesome because they're entertaining, but in a different way. It's still, it's still comedy, well. but it's, it's, it's educating as well. Yeah. And like you said, it makes it a lot more palatable. Mm -hmm. um, probably a lot of my early political views came from comics, you know, anywhere from uh, George Carlin to, to Richard Pryor to, you, you, you know, because they were delivering such social commentary at the time as, as well as mm -hmm. uh, uh, comedy. Like you said, you get an education. As yeah, well. and it's just it's a, it's a very it's it's always fascinated me how much more uh, information you can take in when you're in such a relaxed state and enjoying it. It's like people do understand that bad trauma. You know, so a car wreck happens to you, you, you attach that memory because it's, it's it's traumatic. But there's there's a good trauma too that you know a great time or a, a favorite ride or a song or a smell or a food. Or uh, uh, repeating somebody's comedy act horribly yeah. the next day at work. It's it's all things that. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a very interesting career choice, um, and I I think it takes a brave soul. Yeah. On so many levels. Yeah, because you're putting yourself out there. You're you're doing what you're most terrified of when you're an entertainer or creative, mm -hmm. and that's making yourself vulnerable. Yeah. Making yourself vulnerable and then also the challenge of it, of, you know, you're going to go up there and who knows, what if they don't laugh? Because people are so different. I'm sure, you, you know, I've heard comics talk about doing a seven o'clock and a nine o'clock set and, and one bombing and one doing wonder yep. wonderfully yep. and it's the same place. So. Same, night, same night, same place. Sometimes, um, you know, you might even have repeat audience members there. Right, right. Um, but the, the energy is going to be different for every single show. And, and like at the comedy catch, every time I performed at the comedy catch, the energy was different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. And so even though it was the same club, the energy of the show was always a different experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it, the challenge of being able to go in and make people laugh, regardless of where that energy level was, Right. Uh, or what you were talking about, because I I, I had a, a lot of the things that I talked about um, or things that I said, just words that I used even are things that people don't. They're they're words that people take offense to or topics right. that people take offense to. But, you know, to be able to go on stage and say things uh, like pussy. Yeah. To know, diffuse some of the energy that's normally associated with. Yeah. Like instead of people going, <gasps> you know, they're like, ah, you know, it's funny. Um, yeah. You know, I see why she said that and why she said it right there. And that yeah. makes it hilarious. Yeah. Or being able to talk about abortion. Right. You know, uh, that's a hard one. And, right. you know, I, I, my favorite thing is when I make people who are very anti-abortion laugh at abortion jokes, you know. Yeah. Because they don't think abortion's funny. <laughs> Jimmy Carr, I've seen he's got some kind of something out, something about his dark humor or something. But uh, his his first joke, he comes out to the crowd and he says, so how do you guys think that the uh, pandemic's going? They're like, yeah, good. He goes, yeah, that's usually what the survivors say. And it, it, was, it was such a great commentary, but it was so hilarious mm -hmm. that you didn't 
think too deeply into it, even though you're receiving that information. Yeah. That's and what you're just talking about. So neat. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of cool to put people in check like that too. Yeah. And make them laugh. At before they realize what they're laughing at. And then yeah. they go, and they're like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> I should say, you ever see somebody petty care, see somebody laugh at something? They're like, oh, that one's going to send me to hell now. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, and that's also kind of one of those things about comedy that I really enjoy is that it takes place generally in mm-hmm. a dark room, you know? So it's, I used to have these shows um, with this uh, very clean comedian. Her name's Leah Morgan. Mm-hmm. She's a mom. She goes to church and she's, she talks to all the ladies, you know, everywhere she goes and they all come to see everybody that came to see her show. They all looked like her, you know, Mm -hmm. it was all, it was just a sea of blonde white women, you know, (laughs) soccer moms that go to church on Sundays and, you know, they're very prim and proper, but as soon as that movie, that was pretty scary too. Yeah. Village of the Damned, I think it was called. Oh yeah. (laughs) But as soon as the lights went down, drink Mm -hmm. sales picked up because you know, Oh, now it's dark. Yeah. You know, nobody can see that I ordered myself a martini. <laughs> oh my God. They're not going to know I had four, you know, like, Coke. <laughs> and maybe like, you know, maybe uh, she says something on stage that you wouldn't laugh at in front of a certain person, but right. in the dark, nobody can tell, you know, yeah. it, it's kind of like, you just get to feel freely yeah. and be freely and have a good time for an hour and a half. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like a mass hypnosis, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of everybody because, you know, like you said, you, you, you're feeding off their laughs. They're, they're feeding off your humor. So it's, it's it, what a lot of people don't understand about wrestling even is that it's, it's the crowd is as much a part of the show uh, yes. as anything, which I'm sure got seen a lot more in the pandemic and, you know, you had to do the, the online comedy or we yes. had the arena shows and it's just, it, it was good. It was BTN better than nothing, but it's, there's nothing like that live together and sharing that vibe or that hypnosis or whatever comes over everybody yeah. that we're all in this world. We all stepped in this dimension together. Like we all agreed. We're going to go do this right now and be here. And, yeah. Like, and I don't know you from right. you know, so-and-so, but we're going to do this journey together. Right. Voted for different people, you know, yeah. got different kind of people to our parties, but in this moment. So yeah, it's, it's a great way to uh, bring, people together. That's why I hate when people take things seriously or mansplain comedy. I'm like, I think you're really missing the point. Yeah. You just take a just break. Enjoy. Just take a break. Yes. Don't um, think. <laughs> That's the yeah. whole point. I'm a huge proponent of the live experience. I think yes. um, nothing beats it. And I think that uh, experiencing a show live will always trump watching it on TV on Netflix or on zoom or whatever, um, because there's just something that you're missing when you're not in it. Yeah. Um, and to watch it growing up, you know, I used to watch it, uh, comedy catch at that time had a show on it. Like, I don't know, two, three o'clock in the morning. Um, so when I was going over to my dad's stay for the weekend, I'd get to stay up late. Uh, that's Mm -hmm. one of the things I watched And the first time as an adult, actually being inside of the comedy catch and, and watching comedy live, it, you know, that experience in itself is so surreal. Yeah. It's, 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 it's another world. And yeah, um, really I just, you know, I, I'm, I, I was fascinated by the, the response to the pandemic for comedy. Uh, I did not 
think that Zoom comedy shows would take off the way that they did. Um, Some places, the car, did you see those, the car shows where they'd pull up and vehicles and the comedian would do the show and people would honk their horns in response. That, oh yes, yes, yes. No, yeah. I guess I did see that. And I wanted to do one of those so bad. <laughs> I mean, um, used, I can't imagine because I mean, part of, well, we both, like you said, reading the crowd, we both react off a crowd and, and mm -hmm. base the entertainment off what the crowd does. And there'd be such a delayed reaction. Like, you know, you're getting approval if you hear the horns, but it would be so fascinating to, I mean, there's, you know, so many things to call me like timing and other things that, Yes. Wouldn't like, it be a challenge and fun to Oh to my God. Like how surreal would that be? I, man, there. Hmm. Maybe there we'll get so another many, pandemic. Yeah. There's, there's so many like bucket list comedy shows, you know, like, yeah. and that would be one of them. I like, I love doing those weird things, but I, I'm glad that the zoom comedy shows didn't take over. You know what I mean? Right, that yeah, when, yeah. when live comedy came back, I remember the first, open mic that we had back at the comedy catch uh because they shut down mm -hmm. um and then they opened up again the weekend of memorial day in 2020 and i remember uh the week the wednesday after that was the first open mic back and we packed that place out in the middle of a pandemic we i mean people were just everywhere yeah because they they wanted for open mic you know what i mean yeah. like and granted now the seating was um because they used to seat like 240 people uh but mm -hmm. at that time they were down to 100. Mm -hmm. um but it was still amazing just to have all those people come out just because they were so excited about the Marvin, live, you know yeah. what I mean? And I was like, yes. Yeah. Cause I was, so I'm like, what are people going to come? You know, mm -hmm. because people, people are still scared, yeah, you know, yeah. like there are people that still don't go to comedy shows because of the danger. And I totally get it. It's, um, it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> it's dangerous out there. Um, but it's not as dangerous. Right. as you think it is. <laughs> um, but the fact that people still wanted it, I was like, thank God, because I was like, man, you don't know there's that fear, right? That there was because, and I just want to kill the, the whole same yeah. thing for us. And it's like, maybe it just won't exist anymore. Maybe this is it. This is the thing that kills it finally. Oh yeah. And then I was like, and if it exists on online like that, it doesn't exist for me anymore because right, right. I signed up for one zoom show and then i canceled i backed out of it so quick because i'm like i can't do i can't do it right. i can't i well actually i shouldn't say that i did um the comedy catch did try to do uh streaming shows where mm -hmm. the comedians were on stage at the comedy catch mm -hmm. and then they would film it and people would watch it from home uh it didn't work out the, right. because yeah. they didn't have the right people doing it that like understood the logistics right. well no the person they had doing it understood the logistics but he was doing it virtually and they didn't have a person on the ground who knew what they were doing they could right yeah so they they ran into a lot of like issues in that sense um but the only people in the room were the comedians the owner mm -hmm. um yeah the owners were there there was like maybe one staff member and they were all spread out in this 240 person showroom. There's five people, wow. you know, spread out. Yeah. And yeah. I'm up there trying to tell jokes. I'm the MC. 
<laughs> and I have my glass of wine in my hand and I'm like, what's up everybody, you know? And uh, they're like, hold on, uh, hold on. It's, it's, uh, it's, there's something happening. So just, keep talking. just keep talking until we give you the signal. And so I'm like, what? <laughs> So I'm sitting yeah, here and I'm like, morning, you're like, what do you mean? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I'm <laughs> sitting here like trying to do my set, but also they're not paying attention. So the little audience that I do have, I'm not getting any reaction. So I'm like, <laughs> what is happening? This it was great. Oh my God, I hated it. I oh hated gosh. it. So yeah. I can't imagine being on Zoom and doing comedy. No. I just, and kudos to the people that can do it. I, you're great. You know, there were people who started doing comedy online. That's isn't that crazy that there's a whole new generation of people yes. who they're starting during this pandemic. So it's yes. a whole different world than even you guys started out in that they're having to navigate all these different this new world. Yeah. And then I met some of them. <laughs> I, that sounds so weird. I met some of them in person. In person. Um, they, I, uh, I was performing in Tallahassee and a couple of the girls that were on the show when I, we were talking to them afterwards and I was asking them, I'm like, so how long have you been doing it? And they're like, oh, I started, uh, uh, in June. And I was like, what? And, I, and they're like, yeah, I started on, on the zoom, zoom shows. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I, I was like, well, how weird is it to be in front of people now? And they're right, like, yeah. they're like, yeah, it took some getting used to, but you know, and I was like, wow. But there's like people who still do Zoom shows. Well, you know, what's crazy is this generation grew up in front of cameras. So they're so much more comfortable than say oh, our generation in front it. of cameras. It's a whole, oh, whole different so world. Weird. I am so awkward in front of a camera. I'm just like, Ugh. yeah, and I, this setup, I'll be glad when I get another setup, like where, you know, a producer or somebody can do this. So I don't have to look at myself the whole time. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm actually a little blonder. Like, if I could just right? like, please stop looking. <laughs> I don't need to see that. I really don't. <laughs> it's um, it's so it's I just I can't. It's such a weird that's such a weird thing. I love what happened with comedy. Um, just because I think it, it just kind of shook things up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think it really, a little bit. and it kind of weeded some people out too. Right. Yeah. You know, a lot of people haven't come back yet. Um, and then some people, it took a lot longer for them to come back, which was great for people like me and Hillary. Cause we're like, we'll go out on the road and yeah, not a, whole, right. a lot of other people were at the time. And so it was kind of like, well, I mean, here we are. And then on top of that, like we, we were good. You know, well, and people that's the thing too is you needed to be seen to because back. it doesn't matter how funny you are if you're not being sane, then what does it matter? Yeah, right? so it really worked to our advantage, um, and it it it's because all I needed to do was get in front of these people. I'm like, all you need to do is see this show, and I promise you, like, we are gonna deliver. Yeah. Um, and that's Relax. one thing I wish, I really wish I had gotten video of like crowds afterwards because we would always have so many people tell us, um, like, oh my God, that was the best show I've seen here. Or you have to come back. Or that was amazing. Like just the, the response from the crowd afterwards was always just great. And it was so fulfilling to finally get that. Right. And it, but I was sad that it was at the expense of all these other comics not being on the road, but I was also like. All right. All right. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. got to do it. I'll do it. Whatever. Yeah. Might need to step up. Might as well be me. Yeah. My what's, people are, what's other people the are biggest, doing it. What has been the biggest part for you about transitioning now from that? I mean, do you still, 
you, you know, you're doing other the other stuff online. I, I saw a couple other things you're working yeah. on. So you, now, are you still working on that? And like a joke pops in your head and you're like, okay, man, like, still come to you. Cause that's, yes. that's the life you live. Cause I imagine as yeah. a comedian, you're, everything is a potential joke, right? It is. And it, it's, um, I don't write them down though. I don't write them down, but I do think often about things and I'm like, Oh man, this would be a great premise. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have some that I like, keep thinking about. So there's comedians I'm actually going to reach out to and be like, I have this premise. Could you please do something with it? Because right, yeah. it's driving me crazy. Because um, you're used to birthing things as a creator. and, and Yeah. So, are, are you going to find other creative outlets or how are you going to do sure. it? I'm sure I will because uh, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I miss it so much. Um, I weep a lot. <laughs> yeah. I understand that I completely. It. That's, so, uh, but I've started, so I've been managing um, Hillary. I picked up two other comedians, which is awesome. Um, I taught a, a business of comedy class because yeah, I was like, you know, I know how to do this. Like, I'm not going to help people write jokes. That's not, I can't. No, right. like, I can't. I have um, my style. You right. have your style. I can't work with you on that. It's just, I, I, And and there is a need because there are there are the Hillary Bagley's that that need somebody kind of doing that part for them because or you, at least you need to be the funniest person right in the world. Yeah. yeah, and because a lot of people just don't know. Like I would have so many people would message me all the time. They're like, "How how are you getting all these shows?" And I told right. them literally, I'm like, all I do is scroll through Facebook. I would just be online all the time, mm-hmm. and every time I saw a show, I did research. Right. And I would, you know, find out what I could. And I mean, it really, but there, you know, there's a lot of things that people don't take into account. Like, you know, they'll go and they'll work for free. And the whole basis of my, my comedy course was you should be paid. Right. You should be compensated for what you do. Um, but there's, there's going to be a lot of people out there, like in all entertainment fields, as well as pro wrestling that yeah. are going to offer you things like exposure and hot yes, dogs which, and a free drink, which is great. And sometimes you know, sometimes you got to do that. Like you, that you time, have to be choosy but, about it. Right. You know, you, you got to know your worth at some point though. Right. Exactly. And that was my whole thing. I'm like, you are worth Somebody's making money off of you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you should be making some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that. that's the whole basis of the course is you should be compensated. And let me tell you how to do it. Um, you know, uh, because I think a lot of people, they, they just, they're nervous because mm-hmm. they don't know what to say. How do you or, ask? Or they're just appreciative, you know, like a lot of young guys in wrestling, they're just getting to be on this certain show. And it's like, I yeah. don't want to make any waves or. And there, and that, and that is normal in the beginning. You're going to want to do that because it's going to, you want to get yourself, um, you want to do as much as that. Uh, you'll get tired of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, eventually yeah. you're going to be like, okay, like yeah. uh, I've done it and I, I, I want this to be real, mm-hmm. but Unfortunately, in the in society, in order for it to be real, it needs to produce an income. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you can't, you can, you could, you could live, you know, but if you want to like live, live, <laughs> you want to make money, and uh, but it's also baloney, You need to. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna put all that work into it, mm-hmm. get something out of it. 
and there's a, there's a time to say yes. And there's a time to say no. And just knowing when that is. And mm -hmm. so it's just, it's like a coaching course, just saying like, you know, here's how I did it. So take this, adapt it for you. Right. And, um, you know, and I offer like comedy coaching. So I'll take a phone call for an hour and we'll talk whatever you want to talk about. Right. I'll even, I mean, if you want to talk about jokes, I'll talk about jokes, but that's not my, <laughs> right. that's not my forte. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll steer you in the right direction. And, uh, <clears throat> so I just, I, I like, uh, I like that I have found a way to kind of still stay in comedy. Right. Yeah. Um, kind of link to it. That's so great. I'm not like completely cut out from it, but it's still, but it also makes it harder. <laughs> well, I can imagine, you know, the, you know, like when I go to, if I go to watch a wrestling show, then the, the itch is there. Yes. Right. So yeah. it's, I actually just went to my first live show. Um, it had been like three months since I had been to a show. Uh, and I just went to one and it was like, oh, I want to be up there so bad. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. But so I was, I was with ideas and things like, oh, this is what oh, I'm man. doing. I was just like, man, if they're laughing at this, I would have these people, you know, I would man, have them chill. in the palm of you my hand. Funny, man. Yeah. And so it's, uh, but it's also, it's nice to watch what's, um, what's happening in the scene now that new people are kind of like coming. Cause I was not, you know, not to brag or anything, but I was kind of one of the, the top dogs in the Chattanooga comedy yeah. scene. Um, pe you know, people knew who I was. And another reason then, and, and I knew this as well, which I was really surprised you know, somebody of your stature, you know, agreed to the show because it's, you know, that was, again, I grew up a fan of comedy. So mm -hmm. I'm looking at you and it's, you know, you're, and that's so flattering. Yeah. It, it was, it was so great. Like it was like you were sitting here and I was, you know, here you are showing up to Michael Myers house and I'm the one that's terrified just sitting here, you know, and that to me, like that, it tickled me. I was yeah. just like, this is so funny to me. Cause I, I remember you writing back and you were just like, I can't believe you said yes. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Why wouldn't I say I yes? Told, I told Jen, we were talking about it. It's funny. Cause you know, I was like, I just, I should just ask her, you know, what she can do is say no. And that's the first time I'd really done that. And, uh, and that's, and that's one of the things I say in my class mm -hmm. is what is the worst that's going to happen? They right. say no. Okay. Yeah. Then you move on, yeah. you know? And most, most cities, there's going to be another person putting together a show, yeah. you know, some smaller towns it's, you know, but then it's a tiny town. There's mm -hmm. so many places you can go. So. Yeah. It's um, so much more open. There are a lot more yeah. places than there were before, but you never know until you, you ask. Know. Right. You and it was know. funny because I, t I, t I turned to her. I was like, I said, Oh God, she said, yes. I said, what do I do now? <laughs> she goes, well, I guess now you have her on the show. I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. But <laughs> Oh yeah. That tickled me so much. I loved it. Um, but so, yeah, so I'm just kind of sharing my knowledge and, uh, you know, trying not to, to go crazy and I'm sure that I'll find some other creative outlet. Um, right. but right now I'm just kind of doing right. that. And then I, I have other, like more like, um, uh, I started, uh, doing like a virtual assistant thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I did it because I was helping my mother-in-law. She's a realtor Right. And uh, she needed help with her marketing, like making Facebook posts and just, you know, simple, stupid yeah. little, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I can help you with that. Mm -hmm. I do that all day. Uh, and then my other mother-in-law, um, she needed help. She she has a business, you know, three of them, actually. And she she right. needed help, you know, right. and I was like, yeah, I can help you with that. And then 
they connected me with a, a bookkeeper who needed help. So like I do, I get to do all these different things, which is fun because um, right, my mind, yeah. it keeps my mind active. Right. Uh, and it gets me out of the house, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it definitely like leaves me wanting. Right. <laughs> so. I get, yeah, I would just imagine in some aspects, like we said, it's kind of like a tease a little bit. It's, it's like you're really hungry and, and here you're getting just a piece of pepperoni off the pizza and it's delicious and you appreciate the pepperoni. Absolutely. But damn it, if I could have like half a pizza or. Oh man, or even just a bite of that slice. Just a bite, just give me a bite. Yeah. <laughs> well, how can people get in touch with you to, if they, if they need some of these things done, when is your next online class? Uh, how do people um, get in touch with you for that? Yeah, I've got, so it's my online class is going to be um, with the Chattery. Um, so the Chattery.org. Okay. And so it's going to be a live Zoom course, but it will be available for download afterwards. So it will always be available. Um, but the course itself, if you wanted to participate in the live one, which has a QA, and a um, mm -hmm. is on February 9th. Okay. And um, it's $15. Um, so and I, I, I feel bad charging comedians, but also... I'm telling them they should be compensated. So I should right, be yeah. compensated. Should be, yeah. yeah, as much as you, and, and that's that's the hard part too, is because mm -hmm. a lot of times you deal with friends and and, and things yeah. like that. So it's, it's hard and to charge like, them. I want you to succeed, but also yeah. like. If they want to support you, you know, then, then they're yeah. not going to mind. Because that's yeah. a very reasonable price for mm -hmm. the amount of time it took you to gather the knowledge that you're going to share with them. Oh, absolutely. They're going to get over an hour, hour and a half, you know. So yeah. And I don't even get the full fifteen dollars, wow. um, you know. So it's supporting a local business, the Chattery, which they have a ton of uh, amazing classes, and they do in-person and online classes of okay. all different. I mean, all different things. Um, Any, I mean, they do have like a lot of crafty things, but they have yeah. a lot of like organizational or business or. I mean, there's just all. I love the Chattery. I'm a big fan, and. I also have a Instagram and Facebook. It's let me help, not help, but help. Help, H-A-L-P. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, like from the internet, um, mm. I thought that was funny and cute. Um, <laughs> my partner was like, I don't get it. And I'm like, oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, but you're 26. How do you not get it? Like that you're on the internet all the time. You don't get it? No cap? Yeah. No, she, <laughs> but she's also, she's like, a I'm sorry. I use that word, ladies and gentlemen. I won't be there. I apologize. I apologize. She, uh, but she's also a grandpa. So, you know, right. she's not a regular 26 year old. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm available on Facebook and Instagram. You can hit me up on there and, um, find all my information and, and I can help with a lot of different things. Like I make graphics for people and they're not, I don't design like logos or anything. I'm not drawing mm -hmm. anything. I'm literally right. using Canva, but um, it's time that you don't have to spend doing it, you know? And um, that comes in handy because even with this podcast, it's, it's so much more than, than just yeah. this part. There's like you said, the marketing, the Facebook. Mm -hmm. So if you run a podcast and, and you need somebody to help you with some of that stuff, I would imagine yeah. that'd be something they could get in touch with you too as well. Because Absolutely. Like, and, and I, I can do a lot of things for a lot of different people in a lot of different industries because uh, the more I, I've been taking like a lot of like business classes and stuff mm -hmm. online, like the free, you know, watching to kind of, um, cause if I'm going to help people market, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to 
try and find out as much information as I can. Right. And really, uh, you can watch a business course about anything and apply it to whatever you're doing. Right. You know, the thought process is the same. And, you know, obviously they're going to get into particulars that don't matter to you. But the, mm -hmm. the general idea is you can apply it to anything. So I've been learning a lot of different things. Um, and so I just, you know, take that and I pass it on to somebody else. And, you know, I, I like to work with entertainers. And I think mm -hmm. um, and those are those are the people that I really gear it towards, because like you said, you know, you we're going to have an understanding so many, on a psychological level, too, with those type of. Oh, people yeah. Like I know. What you're trying to do, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and I know how to get people to do it. Right. Um, so, but you're also you're pulled in a million different directions because you are your own boss. Yeah. And it's your you are your you're company. The secretary, you're the you're the production yeah. assistant. You're the yeah. It's you're the talent. You're the mm -hmm. you know the the, the publicist. Writer, the the yeah. everything. So if I can take just one of those things off your plate, you know, and I don't charge a whole lot, like. Right it's the cost of a comedy ticket is what I charge. So if you can sacrifice one ticket from your show, mm -hmm. I can make your flyer for you, you know, like, and that's one less thing that you have to do. And that um, might get you, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, a hundred extra people at your show because uh, aesthetics and things like that nowadays it is, is, is marketing. It, like so, it used to be, you had to have social media marketing, but now that's really what it is that it is social media marketing. There's oh no yeah. It's a, it's a way whole around other. that. Man, and I've, I've been learning so much about that too. It's a, and and so now I'm happy because I have more time to do that. Because mm -hmm. before I was doing it for myself, and I was doing it for the feral hogs. But also, uh, in addition to doing all those things and traveling and going on the road, I still had a secular job at home. Right. <laughs> so because As many you know, of us do, because you, you yeah. do have to pay bills. I, mean, I was making money doing comedy. Yeah. I was turning a profit, which was amazing. Like right. Man, to turn a profit in the entertainment industry, that's hard. Yeah, um, it is. To break uh, even is hard, right? Yeah, just but just to walk away with more than I spent, yeah. Um, that, yeah, you know, and but I still needed a secular job because I wasn't at the level of not needing it. Um, mm -hmm. So a lot of other entertainment professionals are the same way. You know, they yeah. have a secular job that they've got to report to, and then they go home and they work on their yes. passion, yeah. you know, but they, they also have families and mm -hmm. they have, um, you know, maybe a social life they want to attend to. So if I can save you an hour of your time, I mean, I think that's worth the cost of a ticket that's to a comedy very, uh, show. That's very, so. you know, time is precious. It's one of the yeah. few things you can't get back, give back, borrow back. And, yep. uh, and, I've got a lot of it on my hands <laughs> because in addition to not traveling, doing comedy anymore, I also um, lost my secular job um, and, but I physically couldn't do it anymore anyway. Right. Uh, it <laughs> so I spent a lot of time in bed. Um, so this gives, this keeps me active in the mind and it makes mm -hmm. me feel productive. Uh, and then I also know that I'm helping people. So uh, if you have a flyer that is in the group on Facebook called Bag Comedy Show Posters, hit me up and let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, that's what I'm doing now. And I mean, it uh, it keeps me busy, but it, it definitely doesn't quench the thirst. So, so have you, I know... It's very selfish of me. 
we love you as a stand-up comic. And is there any hope of maybe a benefit someday that you're going to do? Or would you be open to something like that? Or do we just need to, do we need to move on as well? As a fan, um, does that make sense? I mean, I, I want to say move on, but also I know myself <laughs> and I think the need will become too great and uh have to pacify at least a little bit right yeah and so I might just um <laughs> I might just you know if the right opportunity comes along right and I think one did <laughs> it might be in April I don't know uh, but that's, I don't know. I don't rumors, whatever. You know, just whatever. Um, but also I can't guarantee that it's going to be anything spectacular because mm. I haven't been on stage since September 18th of 2021. Wow. So I was, uh, I was generally on stage on average, at least like five nights a week. Mm -hmm. And I haven't been on stage since then. So, uh, I don't know what it would be like. I might just uh, freak out. Right. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Like that's. I mean, to me, that's pretty exciting because that you know that means there's at least one more opportunity. It's it's hard. It really is from a fan standpoint. It's like watching your favorite player retire or something. It's yeah. And you didn't, and you know, like that grief, there's a grief to it, just like anything else. It's oh like, yeah. Especially if you had the opportunity and didn't yes, take it. Regrets. Yes. Yeah. You know, like if you were like, Oh, I'll catch her next show. You yes. Know? And that's then, what you think. everybody thinks you have all this time, but life yeah. is life and it happens. So yeah. if you have okay. an opportunity to go see one of these local comics or, or, pro wrestler or bands go do it now because yeah. who knows what tomorrow holds right yeah because not who knows what holds uh tomorrow holds for you but mm -hmm. who knows what uh tomorrow holds for anybody else right you know, who knew that i wasn't gonna be able to do this anymore you know right. uh i didn't right um so and it was it was very like sudden i was just like done i was like yeah. i can't i'm not gonna wean myself off i'm like it's just i flew home i told my partner i said i'm I'm done. And she's yeah. like, no, you're not. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> At least in that moment you were though. Right. Cause when, yeah. I mean, but you know, April, maybe, I mean, I've heard rumors. I don't want to, I mean, I don't know. When I don't know. Started, there might but... be a guy named Charles Newby doing some, I don't know. I just, Ooh, you know, yeah, uh, keep my eye out for that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Just, it might happen. Well, you, know. You, you know, you can get in touch with me anytime to clear up any rumors you might want to. We can do that off air and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me just say again, uh, thank you so much, Bridget Margin. Uh, we're big fans of you, not only as a comic, but as a human being. And thank you for all the help you've given us. And we know there's a lot of comedians you've already helped and a lot of other people that you will be helping. And I know that hopefully they'll appreciate that as much as we've appreciated having you on the show. And like always, you know, like I said, time's that gift you can't give back. So thank you for giving us a gift yes, of your time. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. And thank you for having me on again. It's been great. I've had a great time. Um, <laughs> hopefully we won't take a year to get you back on next time and we can nah. talk about all the success of your new business ventures and yeah. see what's around the corner and stuff. So yeah. I mean, so I've much. already, I've already got exciting things for people. So, I mean, not like that. I, I, I'm doing personally, but yeah. you know, for my clients. So, right. um, 
it's a uh, there it's a uh, fulfilling in its own way and right also now. real quick before we get off follow hilly bagley on instagram and facebook oh, and everything please. too um, at hilarious high like you're gonna get high uh, and then a double yes. yeah. Like just search Hillary Begley. Um, she spells her name real weird, but she was in the Netflix original Dumplin. Um, yeah. If you type that in, you'll probably, you know, Hillary Begley Dublin, you'll find her. Um, but Hilarious, that's her website. Hilarious. Don't, don't call her Boss Hog. Don't call her Boss Hog. I call her Boss Hog, but she yeah. doesn't really like it. Yeah. Uh, but she's actually coming to Chattanooga soon. Um, awesome. So you can see her dates on her website and uh, all of those dates I'm 100% responsible for. So. <laughs> All right. I appreciate you, Bridget, for being on here again. And we'll talk to you next time. Until next time, my beautiful co-host, baby. Yes, Jennifer. Bye. You'll say here, I'll give you a little there we go. There's the Hey, how are you doing? She's in the same spot as last time. She is. She's in the same spot as last time. Well, thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful night. Thank you. It's great seeing you.